Over the next many weeks, we're going to be looking at this idea of church. What is it? What is church supposed to do? And what, what, what are we not called to do? What, what's in our wheelhouse and, and what isn't? It's, a, it's going to be, a, I think, a unique series. And over the next several weeks, we're going to specifically look at what I would just call the one another statements. There's many times in the scriptures where you hear love one another and and give your gifts or serve one another or, you know, encourage one another. And it's not that those are about the church descriptively, but inside that you find what the church's role in, in the, this world is. And so today we're going to talk about another one another statement, and it has to do with your idea and, I, and, and what it means about legacy and, and the kind of legacy we leave and the kind of legacy we live out. Some of you have probably seen this guy. I'm sure many of you probably have. Robert Hershevik, right? Um, how many of you guys watched the Shark Tank? Like in the first service, it was like every hand went up. I went, oh, wow. Like everybody watches the Shark Tank. I, and, 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 I, I, I love, we, and when we go on vacations, it's like we catch up on Shark Tank stuff. But, but it's a really fascinating show. And, and you've seen Robert Hershey, that, that'd be him on the top right right there. And it's a really interesting show. And, and this guy, Hershey, man, he, he's a, it's a, you should YouTube him and, and, and look at what he, his story. His family came from Yugoslavia. I mean, he literally came to America on a boat as a little boy. I mean, it, it is a classic American story. It's fascinating what happened there. Hershevik, uh, he owns a, in, in, invented an uh, internet digital security group, and it's a global brand, and he's done obviously very, very, very well. And, and um, he lives in Canada. A few years ago, he was in Toronto. And he got, he got a hotel room on the 31st floor, and he was going to jump. And, and it's, it's, it's really wild because that he even came public with that information. But if you look at Robert Hershevik, you would have never guessed that this man who has it all and wants for nothing, in fact, he, not only does he not want for anything, he, he's got status, he's got money, he's got power, he's got influence, he has a brand, and, and he's a very humble guy. He, he, you can tell he's not, he doesn't seem to have any semblance of arrogance at, at, at all. But his, his life was falling apart in many ways. His family was imploding. And he went to his pastor, and, and his pastor sent him to Seattle to go serve at the Union Gospel Mission. Right? If you don't know about Union Gospel Mission in Seattle, it's, it's, a, it's a famous place where people go for recovery. Uh, they, they do obviously deal with homelessness, but they deal with a lot of other things too. And they do a lot of street evangelism and things like that. And, and it's, a, it's a fascinating ministry that's been there for a long, long time. And, and, and nobody knew who he was, right? I mean, you know, they, they didn't know who he was. And he said he just, he, he began to go serving. And his pastor said, Robert, you need to get connected again with your reason for living because you've lost your why. You've got everything you could ever want, but you don't know why. You don't know why God put you here. You don't know. You're, you're struggling with all these things. That's, now, that part was, was handed to me from a friend of mine that watched the interview, and I, I can't, I've yet to find, I've read up on this, and, and he talks a little bit about it, but his pastor, I do know, was the one that sent him there, and he said it literally saved his life. He saw all kinds of needs. One of the, I remember watching him one time talk about this, and he said, one of the things I noticed about the homeless was they didn't have socks. 
They didn't have, they, 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 if, if you want to put a smile on a homeless person's face, he said a lot of times they don't have good socks. And, and he said, so I, I went to Walmart and bought every pair of socks that Seattle had, right? And, and he said over the, over the course of the years, they've given away hundreds of thousands of pairs of socks to people. It was things like that, that that really began to bring life back to him. And when I thought about that story of connecting back to your why, it made me think of Simon Sinek. Many of you have heard of Simon Sinek. I believe Simon Sinek is is probably one of the the, the best cultural expositors in the marketplace right now looking at businesses. He's got a very famous TED Talk, actually two famous TED Talks. One was on millennials. It's it's a great, and it's not a pro or con, or it's not, he's not, he's just giving observations and, and uh, based on what he's seen in the marketplace. And he got, he got known for that, but his, his book was called Start With Why. And, and the idea of Simon Sinek that really plays back to Robert Hershevik, it's that very same issue. Sinek said, the goal of business is not to create profit. You know, when I was growing up in every class I've ever had, the goal of a business was to make a profit. And he's like, no, profit is a result. Profit's a result. Why do you do what you do? That's the the thing that motivates people. It's what gets them out of bed. It's what gives people a a, a sense of understanding of why God put them here. You know, when I look at Williamson County, man, there's a lot of things about this county that amazes me. I mean, really, it, it, it is a unique and neat place to live. I mean, it is safe. It, it is clean. I mean, we even... We even have people that care about the medians on Mac Hatcher. You know, like they're weed eating those things. You know, you see crews out all the time. I, I was uh, prayer walking the neighborhood this week, and it was like, I, I think I saw 84 different landscape companies. You know, it's like, wow. You know, like we, we've got it all here, and it's really unique, and, and, and it's, it's a neat place to live. In this county, I, Michelle and I lived here a long time, and I, I'm still, it still never gets old hearing what people do for a living. Like if I, if I ran into you and you said, oh yeah, I do all the graphics for, you know, Pixar. I'd be like, well, of course you do, you know, absolutely. You know, oh, I give Derek Jeter's kids swim lessons for a full-time living. Absolutely. Of course you do. It, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's amazing the, the kind of talent in this county. It's amazing the wealth in this county. It, it, the, the, the intellect, man, the, I mean, the people that you meet here are, are, are honestly special. And it's cool, to, it's cool to get to be a part of that. It really is. But you know, I'll, I'll tell you, as good as it is, it, it doesn't change the fact that we struggle in this county. And one of our biggest struggles that I've seen in my ministry life here is pressure and anxiety. There's a lot of pressure in Williamson County. And, and I'll tell you why I think. Now, I, I'm, I'm, my undergrad's in sociology, so this kind of stuff interests me, but I haven't read any studies on it. Um, but I can tell you what my gut is. My gut is that, you know, you don't get to live in this county unless you're a performer. Generally speaking, you don't get to live here unless you can earn and perform that's what got you here. Unless you're one of those people that grew up in Franklin and now your house is worth like $87 million and, you know, uh, good for you people, whoever you are, you know. Every now and then you'll meet somebody that's got, you know, a ranch house for 1,000 square feet and, you know, they'll, they just bought an island in the Bahamas, you know, or something, you know, because they can, you know. But, 
most people that get to move into this county, they, they move here because they're leaders and they're school teachers and they're, they're the types of people that, that have learned, they've got talent, they've got education. But, there's, but if you look at the anxiety that's in this county and the pressure that's in this county, it is paramount, man. I hear it in the voices of business leaders, men and women. I hear it in, you just ask school teachers. Ask any school teacher in Williamson County and they will tell you, ask coaches, they will tell you the pressure that our kids face is, is truly heartbreaking. But think about it. If you're a kid in Williamson County, you've got parents that are earners and performers. And so you're trying to keep up with that in their mind. It's, it's everywhere. I see it all the places we go. It's a unique place to live, but there's also a lot of performance-driven problems that stem from that. And I think a lot of that is because we, as a whole... As a people of Franklin, as a people of Williamson County, we have learned how to get ahead. But I wonder if getting ahead has replaced things like legacy. I, I prayer walk a lot. Um, probably my goal is once a week. I try to, I try to get out. So if you see me walking, like you know, a neighborhood or something. You know, I'm not just like taking time off and flip-flops or something. You know, I, I, I try to get out. I'll get my phone. I get, my, I get my, my earbuds in, and I'll try to listen to the passage I'm preaching on in multiple translations. And, and this week I was walking West Haven, and, and I was prayer, prayer walking through there, and, and then and I in, ended up um, going somewhere else after that, and, and I, was, I, was, I was walking and, and praying about it. And it's, it's done me good because it... It gets me out of a, a, a routine study rut. And, and so I was, walking, I was walking this country road by myself. Nobody was on it. And, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm like you. I don't always identify the voice of God. You know, I think we struggle. We all struggle with that. Is, is that just me speaking or is that God? You know, you, you have those feelings. But I also know the voice of God when I hear it. And this week, I really believe the Lord gave me a word about this particular issue. And it... And the way I interpreted that wasn't just for Clearview. It was for us, meaning Williamson County people. I really do. I really believe that the word, and I built the whole idea today around this idea of what I believe God spoke to me to say this, Jason, to the people of Williamson County. And here it is. I wrote it down. You have learned the way of performance, but you've not learned the way of legacy. You've learned the way of performance but you've not learned the way of legacy. We've learned how to perform here. We've learned how to get ahead here. We've learned all of that, but we don't really understand what it means to leave a legacy. And today I want to talk to you about that. We're going to look at 1 Peter. It's, the very, it's toward the very, very end of your Bible. Very, if you make it to Revelation, you've gone a bit too far, but it's one of the last books of the New Testament. 1 Peter chapter 4. And we're just looking at one verse today. It's based off of a one another statement. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, Peter is speaking to new Christians. And he says this to them. As each one, 1 Peter 4, 10, I got it on the screen for you if you didn't bring a Bible with you. He says, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That God gave us, he gave you, did you know when you became a Christian, 
God downloaded, literally, he downloaded into you a part of himself when it comes to gifts. Nobody has all the gifts, but he did give all of us a few spiritual gifts, right? Now, it's not like, the, like oh, oh, you know, he's got the gift of cooking or, you know, she's got the, the gift of kindness or, you know. No, I mean, you know, the, the gift of cooking probably just came from your mom or like Emerald or something, you know. That's a pretty good joke, right? I mean, it's a date, it's all, all the people under 30 going, Emerald, who's that? You know, I, I kind of dated myself. Or Bobby, uh, what, LaFlay? Is that that dude's name? Yeah, yeah, or something like that, whatever. Some, some, some weird sounded, really good cook, evidently, you know, kind of a cool show. Now, the gift of cooking is just uh, good for you. You can cook. You don't have to go to, you know, Chick-fil-A all the time. But no, we're talking about, we're talking about spiritual gifts like to some he gave to be apostles, to some he gave teaching, to some he gave leadership, to some he gave administration. There, there are spiritual gifts. There's like 30 some odd gifts listed in the scriptures. God gave you gifts. He gave you gifts. And so, but if you don't, if you don't understand how to use those gifts and employ them, you're going you're gonna to spend your whole life putting it on the wrong target. I think it's why we see so many people who've learned the art of performance, but they can't, they still get to the end of their lives. They still get to the end of their, their, their selves and go, man, why do I feel empty on the inside? It's because they mismanaged what God gave them and they had the wrong target. You see, if you put all of, God did not give you, listen, he did not save you to give you gifts to spend, to make life better for you. He didn't. So many of you have incredible gifts, incredible gifts given to you from God. And I'm telling you, if you don't use them and if you don't employ them, you're, you're denying the world. You're denying us the gift of you. You're, you're denying the, us the, the, the gift of who you are. We need you to find your gifts and use your gifts. So there's a couple of key phrases in that verse right there. Look, it says, as it, go back one. As each one has received a special gift, received what? A special gift that's just for you employ it in serving one another as good stewards, good managers of the manifold grace of God. So I see three, three things that jump off to me. Uh, received, employ, serve. You were, you've received a gift, now launch it and serve with it. Now, is that just to make life better for other people? No, it's not. There's a very real reason why. We're going we're to tackle that this morning. Why did God give you a command to serve, to use your gifts. Is it just because it's kind and nice, it keeps you from being selfish and self-centered? No, that's not why. God gave you a special gift, kingdom gifts, to push his people forward, and that's what I want to talk about this morning. And the first reason is because people display his image. God wants you to use your gift to go after launching it into the world to serve people. You know why? Because people matter to God. You know why people matter to God? Because God made them in his image. Have you noticed this about God? God's a creator, right? But what, what did he not create people in? He, he, or what did he not do? He did not create mountains in his image, right? He didn't create mountains in his image. He didn't create animals. I don't care how much you love your dog, right? He didn't create your dog in his image. But he did make people in his image. People are what he went to the cross for. He went to the grave for, and he came out of the grave for, people. God loves people. And so he gave you your gift to go after and serve people. You know, one of the, uh, one of the things that's happened to me in my life, and, and I, I honestly don't really know why this is the case, but um, for whatever reason throughout, sometimes more than others, but a consistent theme of just my own, my own uh, I guess you'd say, journey in ministry is 
God has consistently put me in the lives of, um, I would say, legacy-driven business people. Consistently, he, he puts me in their lives, and, and, and I've really I've learned so much, man. I, I've learned so much. And, but there's something, and I, I can't prove this. This is just Jason. Like if, if this were in the Bible, it would be like in First Opinions or something, right? But, but this, is, this is just something that I've, I've kind of learned over the years. Really legendary business people, men and women, I've noticed that it's almost irrelevant as to the product they have. It's weird in, the, in a good way. Like when you hear them talk, their, their product or their business, it's just kind of like this is a stage, right? This is, this is a big stage. It's almost like their product is the stage that they play the game on. But what matters most to them is not the product. It's the people. It's either their team or their customers or both. Now, see, that'll get you out of bed, right? KPIs will not get you out of bed if you don't know what those are, right? If you don't know what those are, good for you, <laughs> right? Somebody, people will be, good, what's a KPI, right? Key performance indicator, right? Profit and loss statements will not get you out of bed. Budgets will not, they'll keep you, profit and loss statements will keep you up at night, but they won't get you out of bed. But people can get you out of bed every day. And I've learned that. And I've learned that kingdom, I mean, Jesus covered, blood washed, men and women of God, bought with the price of Christ in the marketplace. Man, they get that. And they build whole companies around it. And the product is just the lubrication of exchange. Talk to teachers. Would you want to be a teacher today? Like, not me. My gosh, what a hard job, a teacher. I tell you what they're not doing it for, the money, right? No way. Teachers are doing it because they love kids. They really do. I think teachers, there's like a special place in heaven for Christian teachers that put up with all of us all those years because parents are awful. Oh, it's true. You can laugh at yourself. You didn't know, should I laugh at that? Should I not? You should laugh and you should also cry. All right? We're tough, man. We're tough. People do it for people. That's because that's God made us for people. And that's why you see a calling on people's lives. And they get it, man. They get it. Each of you have been given a gift from God. Serve people but there's another reason that that matters. It's not just because people matter and they're built in his image. It's because people are eternal. So I would say it this way. People investments are eternal investments. That's why people matter the most. Because the people that you invest in, that's what's going to make your name live longer. That's what's going to make your influence live longer. Are you saying, well, wait, wait, wait a minute, Jason. I mean, am I supposed to quit my job and start working for a church or a nonprofit? I'm saying no, not at all. No, what I'm saying is you got to reorient your compass so that inside of your, inside of your marketplace business or inside of whatever you do nine to five every day, that is the place God has put you, man. But, but get your mind off just delivering a great product, deliver, deliver great service to people. And so often the product takes care of itself. 
Go after seeing people as as built in God's image and, and, and they need Christ or they need to be built up. Those are the things that matter most. You know, that verse, look in verse 10. Uh, this is really interesting to me. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another. Now look at this last part. This is pretty cool. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. What's a steward? A manager. A steward is just a manager. Not an owner, just a manager. God gave it to me. I'm supposed to manage it. But it's that phrase, manifold grace of God. You know what that means? It means many colors. Many colors. The multicolored. The, 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 the many facets of God. God is a creator God, and he is, a, he is into variety, obviously. He is very much into variety. And he, he's into us serving one another in his name. And if, if, you, if you don't get this part, listen to me, Christian friend. If you don't get this part right, you're going to die well off and bankrupt at the same time. You're going you're gonna to get to the end of this world and you have done a lot for yourself and maybe even for your immediate family, but you're not going to have a legacy unless you get this part right. Unless you understand that, that you have been given this amazing opportunity. See, God, God gave you a vehicle. This is, this is important for you to know. He gave you a vehicle. From A to B, if legacy were a destination, one of the chief vehicles, if not the chief vehicle for your legacy, it's called the church. It's Because it's, the church has lasted for 2,000 years. Businesses come and go all the time, right? Businesses come and go all the time. Whole movements. Anybody remember Blackberry? Blockbuster? Want me to keep going? Movements come and go all the time. The church is still here. Kingdom work is where you get to leave your legacy. And not just here, it branches out from here. But this, this bride of Christ, the, the Bible calls the church, this, this is the thing that as we begin to employ our gifts into the kingdom work, under the steeple and outside the steeple for his name, that's where the fun is. I'll tell you somebody at our church that has left a huge legacy. This is her picture. Barbara Reed, Miss Barbara, man, if you don't know that woman, let me tell you something pretty cool about her. 27 years working for what was called CCC, now it's Clearview Prep. 27 years working with, wait for it, two-year-olds. I'm speechless even just right there, right? Amen or oh me, Right? two-year-olds for 27 years. I wouldn't last 27 seconds in that environment. 27 years. Helps out on Sunday morning, still going to be retiring from CCC or Clearview Prep, going to be, going to be working still in preschool ministry here, helping Junior Ross. This is Miss Barbara. Miss Barbara, stand up right here. Everybody give her a big hand. Now, let me tell you something really cool. Miss Barbara, you better stay standing up. Miss Barbara loves flowers, Right? This is a, a big gift card to get you into the Biltmore uh, to go see all their flowers. Thank you, Miss Barbara. Yep. That's a saint of a woman right there, man. Telling you what. But you know what? People like her that I love so much and what they do, 
You see, they don't just see it as, oh, a kid. They see it as an adult in the making. It's an adult in the making. It's one of the things I've loved about kids ministry at our church. When I first came here and got to know Shane Pass, I, when he was our, our kids pastor, I said, Shane, what do you think is different about Clearview's approach to kids ministry? And he said, hey, well, it's like this, Jason. He said, most churches see kids ministry as really glorified childcare while the adults go to church, but not us. The approach we've always taken is that we believe that even when you're young and little, you begin, can get, begin to understand not only the gospel, but you can begin to understand what your gifts are. You can begin to understand your identity in Christ so that as kids grow up, by the time they hit middle school, we have them serving in some capacity of ministry. We're one of the few churches I've ever seen do that because we actually do believe that kids don't have to wait till they're 30 to start learning kingdom work. They can learn that now. And I love that about our church. It's people like Barbara that have kept that whole thing. It's a different mentality altogether. I'll tell you, this is really cool. You want to see something kind of neat, a trajectory at Clearview? So in, for, since 2019, you know one, one, of, one of the things that's been on the most rise at Clearview? We've got more families coming with kids, like little preschool kids. We've got more families coming to Clearview with preschool kids than we've had in more than three years right now. Isn't that cool? I mean, that is neat, man. It is awesome to see that. We have, we, I mean, we talk about it at staff all the time. Like we see so many young families coming here, young millennials, people starting to get married, dating to get married. It's just God is sending us generations. And we want to steward that well. But I want to tell you, we've got a real mountain to climb, church. We've got a real mountain to climb. Because while it's great, that from in the last, since, since even before 2019, we've got more families coming with young kids than we've had. Let me tell you what our insurance company told us this year. We have a great insurance company. I, I, I love our insurance rep. He is a, he's a very humble guy, and, and, and he, he, he really partners with us. But you see, we have a really great policy that protects our children and protects our church. It protects, it starts with kids. It protects all of us over our sexual abuse liability coverage. Now we do a great job of vetting everybody that goes into kids and preschool ministry. We do thorough background checks. I mean, we do, we do a lot. So we have a pretty great policy to cover us should something happen. But they've told us, they said, you've got to make some changes. You see, let me tell you what's happening since COVID. You've heard me mention this often. Let me, let me tell you the way I would say it to you. Before COVID, the average Christian came to church a few times a month and served sometimes. I mean, across denominations, across the, the, the country, the average Christian came to church some, you know, a few times a month and they served sometimes. After COVID, people come sometimes. You see the difference? They come sometimes. I don't know of a single church that I have not talked to in the last year and a half that isn't struggling with the area of we need help. People were, were, people were out of church for over a year. So we need real help. But our insurance company has told us that by August 7, you've got to have two unrelated adults in the room. And if you don't have that, we're losing a major portion of our liability coverage. 
Now, let me ask you. It wasn't that long ago that Michelle and I had little boys. What's the most important thing when you go to an event, any event? Are my kids safe while they're out of my eyesight? So what does it say? Now, we've had this thought, well, we could just hire it out. But I'll tell you the stance we took on that. The stance we took on that was you don't hire out discipleship. You, you, don't, you don't hire that out. We could, but we're not. These are our kids. So we got a graph for you, and we're going to start showing this all the time, right? By August 7, we need 50. So every person represents five. By August 7, we need 50 to keep our kids safe and to keep our policies high. So that we can say to the, you, you, you may be thinking, well, Jason, our preschool families need to help. Guess what? They are. You know what our, our families with preschoolers are doing right now? They're having to make a choice between coming to church worship or helping with their kids. They're already doing the, they're doing the work. They need help. I mean, they're, they're, they're pitching in, but they can't do it alone. So we've got this great new rise, but it's also caused this issue. And friends, these are our kids. These are our people. We, we, we need owners at Clearview, not renters. We need owners, not renters. We need people standing in the gap for our next generation. Let's go back to the word that I put in front of you earlier. You've learned the way of performance, but you've not learned the way of legacy. You've not learned the way of legacy. The legacy you leave. See, one of the things I've learned about people that, that really spend their time with kids in preschool and even student ministry, middle school, high school, they don't see it as, you know, some kid. They see it as, as the next police officer, the next school teacher, the next business leader, the next mom and dad. They see it as the future of the kingdom of God, not just the future of Clearview. I want to show you a picture I got this week. This is our Kingdom Growth Institute residence. Uh, Graham there on the left, Zach you got Jamie there in the middle, Noah on the top right. you got Emma down there and Molly. And, you know, when I saw that picture, they were doing some team-building game. Uh, I think it was some breakout thing. I, I didn't get invited. I don't, I don't know what it was, you know. Never get invited to that stuff. You know, you think you're cool, and then you realize when you see pictures like that, you're not even invited, you know. Whatever. Now I'm going to get invited. Now they think they're guilty, you know. They're going to say, invite me to stuff. Now I'm going to say no, too late, you know. But I got that picture. I've been thinking about this verse all week. There was a time when every one of those men and women were little. And I guarantee you, if you went up to them right now, I guarantee you they could rattle off names. Teachers, in the church, in the school system, coaches, volunteers, they've got stories. But do you see that when they were little, people just saw them as little. Guess what we call them? Student pastor. My sons have benefited from the wisdom of Graham Inman. My sons have benefited from Emma and Molly and Jamie. They haven't benefited from Zach. We're still waiting on that. Okay, we think it's out there, right? Just kidding, right? No, 
the, the, the reality is they're making a legacy impact in my life now, but why? Because somebody did it in theirs and they didn't hire it out either. They stepped up and they did it. Now, I'm not, I'm not guilting you because the reality is, you know, you may not be called to certain areas of ministry. That's okay. But you are called. You are called to serve. So we got a link for you, clearview.org backslash serve. Clearview.org backslash serve. Now, when you go to that link, it didn't show up very good in the first service, but let's, let's look at the next one. Does it, does it show? Kind of, sort of. When you go there, there's a box at the bottom. There's a box at the bottom. And on that web page, there's, there's different options, different places, only a few. But there's a lot of things that you could do at Clearview. Or we could help you with some of our outside missions partners. But in that box, tell us, I don't know what my gifts are. We will help you. We will help you go through place and find it out and go through DISC. We'll help you find that out. We'll put mentors in your lives. We'll, we'll get you around people that can help you walk this out, man. We will help you do it. There are so many ways. I, you know, one of the things I love about Clearview, I love that this church has, we have so many talented people here. Like, I, I don't know what it is we've done, but especially in the world of business, there are so many of you that are really great in the marketplace. So many men and women, man, you, you are just great at it. But think about this. Some of you that are 50, 55 years old, 45 years old, there are people right here in our church that are paying really good money to go sit in seminars to hear what you already know. And you'd give it to them for free over a burger. We have all kinds of opportunities to mentor. I'm telling you, it, it, would, it would blow your mind. I get a front row seat at how much diversity of talent we have in this church. If, if I think we could take our mentoring to a whole new level. I'll tell you something else that I've learned. This is way beyond Clearview. I've learned this just by being in ministry. One of the, one of the greatest myths in the Christian church, and I hear it a lot from ladies that are o- over 55, 55 and beyond. So many times I've heard them say things like, oh, these, these young women, they, they wouldn't want to hang out with me. Nothing could be further from the truth. And I'll tell you why. We have all these young men and women that are just now getting married and just now having kids. Think about the kinds of homes they came out of. Most of them were divorced homes. Most of them. They did not get to see the great side of godly parenting. And you've raised kids. They're out of your house now. I'm telling you, ladies, all of you ladies 55 and older, I kid you not, there's a lot of young women that would say, sign me up. I, I, I want to know how you make like grits. Right? Hey, that's a, that's a real thing. Don't look at me like I'm stupid. Like, that's a real thing. I want to know, how did you raise a teenager that went wayward and came back? What did you do? Because my kids are like two and three. What did you do? 
Ladies, there's all kinds of mentoring opportunities here. And that's the body of Christ at work, serving one another. Because it, it teaches us, one of the things I love about Men of Franklin, we, have an, we, we do Men of Franklin based on kind of things that you love. And so we have a tactical shooting group. We have a golf group. We have all kinds of, we have a kayaking group. We have a group for entrepreneurs. And I love watching that group because you got like 70-year-old dudes and 30-year-old dudes. And they're all interested in growing companies. And they're talking to each other. And they're going out. Like for lunch, I'm like, that's, that's the best. That's the body of Christ at work, man. That's what it means to learn the way of legacy. We have, and what I'm trying to say by bringing up those examples, we actually have vehicles set up for you to create legacy, but you got to get in them. You got to get in those vehicles and you got to participate in them. And we will help you find that. We have learned the way of legacy, but I'm not sure, I mean, the way of performance, but I'm not really sure that we've learned the way of legacy in this county. It's a great place to live, but I, I'm telling you, I'm speaking on behalf of the heart of God. God is interested in you making his name known and leaving this world impacted for his glory, different than you found it. And that's what I want to see from you. So I gave you a little compare contrast. The way of performance says I got to secure my status. I got to do everything I can to, rise my, to raise my brand or, or secure my place. The way of legacy says, no, I, I'm going to promote his glory. You know who you see that most in? The life of John the Baptist. Remember what John the Baptist did? So if you know about, much about the life of John the Baptist, John had his own ministry. Like if he were alive today, he would have been like on the bookshelves. They would have had all kinds of conferences. Come here, John the Baptist. We don't know his last name. Dress is kind of weird, but, you know, he's a good dude. He had his own thing going, and Jesus shows up. And what did, what did he say about Jesus? Hey, John, what are you going to do? And he said, I must decrease, and he must increase. Have you heard anybody ever say that? I want to take seconds. John did. And guess what? We're still talking about John today. Because he understood what it meant to promote God's glory. See, that's the way of legacy. I'll give you another one. The way of performance says, I got to build my wealth. The way of legacy says, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to die with none of it. Some of you right now, you're so maxed out with your time and your job. I get it, man. I do. You know what you can do? Be a better giver. Seriously, you got it. Give it. Be a better giver. There's some people, I've often said when, when I'm sitting on boards of, of, I've been asked to sit on boards before and, you know, and I'm like, hey, listen, I'm not high net worth, but I am high network. So I'll bring you my network. And I do because I know people. And I'll get people involved and I can. It takes all kinds, man. Some of you have not a lot of margin for time. It's just the weird season in your life and your company's growing or you're trying to get past you know, the, the, all the stuff in the pandemic. Hey, I get it, man. Be a better giver. Honor God with your, with your money. Invest in the kingdom. Do you know that's the thing that's gonna live past you? 
where you give your time and your money, that's what stays behind after you go to heaven. So the way of performance says, oh, no, 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 I'm going to secure what's, what's there for me. You know what I love about many people in this church? I'm telling you, man, we've got so many people in this church that they understand they've got a lot, but they're going to die with none of it. And I love when they come to me and say, man, what, what can I do? Like, I think I want to invest in here in this place. Or, and it may not even be about Clearview. I love sitting down at lunch and saying, man, let's, let's look at where, like, you've got a big heart for, like, athletes. Let's look at how we can help you use that. It's, it's a fascinating thing. I love that we do those kind of things here. The way of legacy. I'll tell you another way of legacy versus performance. The way of performance says I'm going to protect my time because my time is limited. My time is limited. But the way of legacy says, oh, no, no, I'm living forever. I'm going to live forever. And because I'm going to live forever, I'm going to give it away, man. I'm going to give it away. I want to find a way to give away my time. I want to find a way. You may not have a lot of money to give right now. You know what you do have time. You got time. You know how I know that? Social media. Seriously. Do we all want to confess that Netflix consumes more of our times than we really want to admit. I'm not looking at anybody right now, right? Hey, guilty. I'm, I'm throwing myself in that one, right? You start off watching a couple YouTube videos. You look up a couple hours later. <laughs> Whoops, <laughs> right? Y'all are looking at me like y'all are so holy right now, <laughs> right? I'm just so, I, I, okay, this is group therapy for Jason, isn't it? Yeah, whatever. I don't believe it. You know, you, you know, friends, when we, when we get to the end of our lives, let me tell you what we're not going to do. You're not going to be in hospice or in that room in the hospital. Or you're not going to be on the walker or sitting in a recliner at 93. Let me tell you what you're not going to be doing. You're not going to be going, man, if I had just changed that sales technique back there, we could have done better. You're not going to be going, man, uh, if, oh, if I could just have one more Zoom, just one more Zoom. God, give me one more Zoom meeting. No, you're not. You know what you're going to be doing? You're going to be going, Did I count? Did I leave it all in the field? And you know what? You get to decide the answer to that today. Today. And you can do it. You can do it. God's not calling you to go change the whole world. He's just calling you to change your world. And where you employ it, what he's given you. You know, you often don't think about sharing something with somebody like a tweet or an email or sending them a sermon or sending them a podcast. You don't often think of that as missions, but it is. It's not that you have to send it to the whole world or post every single thing we do at Clearview on your feed. But if, if you've heard a sermon or if you've listened to a podcast, think through your life. I mean, God, who needs to hear this? Sometimes it, it, it doesn't need to go on your Facebook page. Sometimes it needs to go on your Twitter, but sometimes just a simple text to one person can make all the difference in the world to sending them the Word of God in real time. Share it. You'd be surprised how far it goes.